Whoo, thank Jesus. And then there's the light show. Praise God. Now, anyway, don't lose that. Keep on letting the Holy Ghost minister to you. And I got something I want to share that it just goes right along with all this. So get your Bibles out. Go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. <coughs> 1 Corinthians 15. I want to start reading verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received in which you stand, but which you also are saved. If you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he arose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas and the twelve, and that, as, and, and that he had, was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of, of whom the greater part remained to the present. But some have fallen asleep. Now after, they, after that he was seen by James and then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me, also one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, whom not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Now stop right there. I've heard so many people use that scripture, verse 10, to make an excuse for not renewing their mind, controlling their habits, controlling their flesh, and say, well, you know, bless God, I just am what I am. That's not what that's about, Okay. So he says, but by the grace of God. Now, remember I preached Sunday about God showed all of us mercy, right? And I don't know about y'all, that message blessed me. Man, I went home and dwelt on that and chewed on that thing. And just you know, Because a lot of the, 90% of everything I said, I had no idea I was going to say it before I got up there. So, so it was all new to me. And so, I, I mean, God shows us mercy. Mercy is what he extended to each and every one of us. But then after we've received his mercy and accept Jesus Christ into our life, then we're standing in grace, according to Romans 5, 1, where we're standing in grace, the position of grace with God. So then it's God releasing his power and his ability to us. It's God releasing everything that we need for what we need. Now, how many of y'all know that we could all get up here tonight and we could all give a testimony and we could all talk about our lives and everything, and all of us have been raised differently? And that means all of us have been through different circumstances, different situations. You know, you, you've had to deal with some, some of us have dealt with some problems and some have dealt with other problems and whatever, but it's your life. You know, Psalms 4 says it's the lot in life you got. Right? Now, Paul says here, I persecuted the church. I did all these things. And I'm not really worthy to be called an apostle, but... By the grace of God, well, wait a minute, this place he's his position, he's standing. Huh? By this power that's been given to me, I am what I am. It doesn't make any difference if other people say, oh, he's not really worthy to be an apostle because he persecuted the church. I'll never forget years ago, we were in the Ukraine. I don't know, this is back in the 90s. And uh, I'd been giving him a testimony. And I'd been saying that I used to, you know, drink and do this and that and the other. And uh, one of the 
one of the elders of the church pulled me over and said, look, you know, if you're going to give a testimony and you're going to talk like that, don't, you shouldn't say that. And I said, what do you mean I shouldn't say that? That's what Christ delivered me from. He said, yes, but it's shameful that you live that, you were that kind of a person and you live that kind of life that you drank and you did all this and it's shameful and you don't really need to tell everybody of being, and I said, well, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm in the middle of the Ukraine. I'm no sense arguing with a guy that's taking care of me, right? I'm not going to get in a fight with him, throw me out on the street, and how am I going to find my way home? So I just kept my mouth shut. But it really gnawed on me. So Sunday came for communion. And so they said, since you're the honored guest, you know, you're the one that, that you know, should serve the communion or things. So I said, I've got no problem serving communion. How do y'all serve communion? Oh, we have one chalice. I said, well, okay. And I drink first, right? Oh, no, you drink last. So I said, well, okay, I've I'm, I'm, got enough faith here to believe God. I won't catch anything, you know. And, and so uh, they brought the chalice out, and they uh, prepared it. I blessed it. They began to serve the chalice, going through the whole congregation, going through and going through. And this guy had told me, he said, listen, alcohol has never touched my lips. Okay. And so they went that thing, went all the way through, went all the way through, goes all the way through, goes all the way through. You know, I don't know, seven, 800 people. It gets back to me. And so then I, you know, here's this chalice. And so I said, well, you know, bless God. And so I touched that to my lips. And when I did, man, I mean, it was a hundred proof hooch, man. I mean, it was <laughs> the strongest wine I had ever taken. I mean, it's just kind of like my leg went out. You know, I mean, it was like taking a shot of tequila, you know. And as soon as I took that and I looked over at him and he, he's like, only during communion. Yeah. Let's change that a little bit. So what Paul was saying was he was kind of like that. The religious world saying, you persecuted the church, you did all this, and you're not really, you're not really, you were there when Stephen was stoned to death, and you held his clothes, and who were you? They were shaming him for who he used to be. They were looking at the old man, right? And Paul said, look, the grace of God, the power of God is upon me, and I am who I am. Doesn't make any difference what the vessel used to be. This is what the vessel is now. Everybody said, doesn't make any difference what it used to be. So then he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And, the, and his grace, and his grace toward me was not in vain. He's saying, man, what God did for me, I'm not going to let it fall short. God delivered me. He saved me. He set me free. But I labor more abundantly than they all. Listen to this. He says, I labor more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God that's with me. Think of this revelation Paul had. He says, listen, it's not me. I just am laboring. I'm, caring. I'm basically being the host going to where I need to go. But it's the grace of God, the power of God that's following me. It's with me. Now, what happens a lot of times is we get to thinking that if we're walking in the grace of God, it's got to be easy, right? That if, it's, if we're walking truly in the grace of God, it should just be a picnic, right? Have y'all ever thought that before? Have you ever had adversity and you wondered, why is this happening, right? And the devil wants to come in there and say, well, it's happening because you did something wrong, you sinner, he didn't do something right. You did something wrong. Wait a minute. Paul just said when adversity came upon him, all Paul said was, thank God the grace of God's with me. 
Now you're talking about a man that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. You're talking about a man that had revelation. You're talking about a man that, that I, I know at least Jesus visited twice, personally, physically, in bodily form. Pretty impressive. So let's go back. No, let's go forward. Go to 2 Corinthians. I believe it's 4. No, let's go back. Let's go look at, look, let's go to 11. 2 Corinthians 11 first. He's talking about here about things that happened. And he says in verse 22, he's, he's, he said, are, are, are they Hebrews? I mean, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty-two. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labor and abundance, in stripes above measure, in prison more frequently, in deaths. <laughs> Notice it's plural. In deaths. <laughs> it's kind of hard for me to say. More than one death. In deaths. Often. So in other words, he kept dying and coming back to life. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils often, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the, in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils in the false brethren, in weariness and toil and sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, I in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides the other things. <laughs> besides the other things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he's listing the minor ones, right? Besides those other things, Lord have mercy, all right? Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Who's weak? I'm not weak. Who's made to stumble? I do not burn with indignation. If I must boast, I will boast in the things concerning my infirmities. The God and the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. Are you seeing, listen, think of this, this, listen to this. And picture what his Paul's body must have looked like. What did his body look like when he took his shirt off? And he could have been one of those long, curly-haired uh, uh, Pharisee walking along in a big robe and a nice plush place because his father was a Pharisee. He was a Pharisee. He could have had the plushest place in the, in the temple. But now he's just beaten to pieces and he's saying, what things? How could he do that? Because of what he said over here. He learned the secret of walking with the grace of God with him all the time. And not God just... Jumping in and delivering for a moment, he learned that every day of his life as he was going out and he was walking, he was going through the, you know, the, as he said, the, 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 the daily concerns of life, that he learned to have the grace of God with him. Okay? Now jump back to 2 Corinthians 4 and look at 6, verse 6. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of the darkness, 
and who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. See, we take our salvation too lightly. We take our covenant with God too lightly. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I mean, isn't it just a, just a novel idea that we pray and just believe God? But most Christians pray, say they believe in God, and then worry about everything else. Struggle and fight, try to figure out this, why is this, and what's that going on here? I mean, folks, listen to me. I got to tell you, I'm not there. If somebody beat me 39 times with a rod, I mean, I'd probably have to deal with some anger issues and some, some, I mean, I'd need some freedom prayer. You with me? I mean, I'd be thinking, man, this isn't right. Who do they think they are? What are they doing? To get so tired of your own countrymen, trying to knock you down at every turn, everything that Paul's trying to do, that they're trying to trip him up, Paul's walking along. It wouldn't have been easy for Paul to just been the biggest whiner in the world, to just come and say, man, every time I'm trying to do something, I'm just trying to start churches, trying to tell people about Jesus, and these Jewish people over here, they're stopping me over here, and these bunch of idiots over here trying to raise a statue over here, and these old people over this town stoned me out here and had to raise me from the dead. I'm getting tired of being raised from the dead. Right? I mean, he could have just been that person. But he said, no, there's something I've learned. That the glory of God's on the inside of me, and I'm just going to walk in the glory of God. And when adversity faces me, it's okay. The grace of God, the power of God is with me to overcome the situation. And I'm not going to complain that this is the lot I got given in life. This is what I got to overcome. This is what I've got to go do. Then I'm going to go do it. Now let's go get them and stuff. If I got to sidestep here and sidestep there and I got to do whatever I got to do, I'm just going to do it. That's just the way it's going to happen. I'm just going to walk in it. I think we spend too much time trying to figure out the what ifs and the whys when we should just grab a hold of the power of God and bulldoze through it and go on. Just go on. So he says, but we might have this treasure, I'm reading verse 7 again, but we, might, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. So in other words, he's, he's fighting adversities. He's saying, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm hard-pressed on every side, but I'm not going to be crushed because the grace of God's with me. We want adversity to stop, but the truth is we should stop adversity. Yes. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. Always caring about the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Christ may also be manifest in our body. So he said, man, I'm, I'm hanging on to the resurrection. I'm hanging on to the... You see, folks, what, it's, what, it, what I'm saying in the simplicity of it tonight is that we got to get ourselves out of our carnal thinking, and we've got to get over into the thinking of the supernatural. A person asked me the other day something about things that were going on, other churches and things taking place, and we're talking about uh, supernatural events, and I said, look, I, I learned a long time ago, I'm not seeking the supernatural. The supernatural is going to seek me. I'm just going to be me, and I'm just going to go out there and live and expect the supernatural. I'm not going to go seek the supernatural. I am supernatural. 
My life is supernatural. It's amazing I'm even alive. I'm still married and have a family that loves me. It's amazing that my wife even stayed with me all these years. It's a miracle. It's supernatural. Everything's supernatural. But you see what happens when we get out there and the devil, if he can't trip us up and get us just to turn on the gospel, well, then he wants to, you know, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence and why is this happening? He wants to get us all caught up in these little... My daughter was telling me just the other day about a, a person that she was talking to and encouraging and didn't, had never read the Bible, didn't know anything about the Bible, and she was just talking to her about the Scriptures and gave her a Scripture and said, now take that Scripture and you, turn it and you can pray it. And they're like, what? What do you mean? How do I, I, what? You can do that? People just don't know it. They just don't know things, folks. I'm telling you, the revelational knowledge that y'all have been given and handed in life and walked in in all these years is so much far above what most people even know. It's unbelievable. Okay? People just don't have any idea, just don't even know. But our lives should be so supernatural, the supernatural just follows us. God has to wake up in the morning and, 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 and find where we are so he can hurry up and get going. Because we're out there just, you know, causing a ruckus. You know it doesn't happen like that, but anyway. So he says in verse 10, always caring about the, the, uh, the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Jesus may also be manifest in us. So he's saying to the resurrection, man, I have a revelation of the resurrection. Jesus, is, Jesus died for me, and I'm walking in that resurrection power. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may also be manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death is working us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe Therefore, I spoke. We also believe, therefore, we speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus Christ will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. He says, listen, what's coming out of your mouth? And as they believe, they spoke. And as we believe, we're speaking. So he's talking about activating the grace of God in our lives. The power of God that's with each and every one of us to just flow in life and move out anything that needs to be moved out and do anything that needs to be done. Now, I tried to tie this all together and I can't do it, so I'm just going to preach it. That's what preachers do. When you can't prove it in the scriptures, you know, or you can't really tie it all in and teach it real, real good, then you just preach it. The scripture that came to me when I was going over this and the Holy Ghost was speaking to this to me was the 23rd Psalms. And, you know, if you read the Psalms a lot, God bless them, but, you know, I know when I'm not reading the Psalms that David wrote. I don't have to read the heading. If I go to reading the Psalms that Korah or Asaph or one of those guys wrote, it is not as spirit-inspired as David's Psalms. I mean, they just when I'm reading a Psalm of David, like I was in somewhere in the 80s, and I was reading Korah and Asaph and this and then, and then all of a sudden I read this and I was like, ooh, that was good. Then I looked up the heading, oh, oh yeah, that was a David psalm, you know, it was like 84, 85, 86, somewhere along there. Just kind of was thrown in there. But I could tell it from reading it. It was just like, Phew. And when David said, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, I went and looked up the word goodness because I was wondering if it was tied back to the word grace somehow. And it's not. It just means goodness. It just means the benefits and the goodness and the blessings of God, okay? 
But just think of it. David is saying, goodness and mercy follow me. They're like people. They're like entities. Goodness and mercy following me. And for years, in my mind, I always try to put it together like, okay, like there's two angels. One's named goodness and the other one's named mercy and they follow me. But when, I was, when the Holy Ghost was bringing this out to me about the grace of God, it hit me as like, wait a minute. He's got, David had the same revelation as Paul had, that he's saying, Paul's saying, grace is with me. Grace is, grace is with me. Hey, grace, you know, grace is with me. And wherever I go, when I run into a problem, it doesn't make any difference because grace is with me. We'll deal with it because grace is with me. And David's saying, I, I was just going over and, and it's okay because goodness and mercy are with me. It's the same concept that he's talking about, that revelation. And I just think that that's where, that's what the Holy Ghost is telling me to tell you all tonight. Simply that. That's what we've got to get into. That's what we've got to change our thinking in every day that no matter what trial faces you, no matter what, what situation comes your way, no matter what takes place, no matter what happens, no matter what you're faced with, quit thinking about why is this? Why did this happen? What da 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 Notice, okay, Grace, <clears throat> you're with me. How are we going to walk in this, Lord? What do you want me to do? Because I'm going to speak it. Goodness and mercy with me. What am I going to do? As I believe, therefore I speak. So, Lord, I just thank you. I pray right now in the name of Jesus. See, right now, I believe every one of you, whatever you all standing up here for tonight, when I laid hands on you, I'm believing that everything, whatever it was, is done in the name of Jesus. I don't even have a question about it. If you come up and tell me nothing happened, I'll say, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm telling you, when I prayed for you, the anointing of God hit you, went down through you, and it went out there, and the supernatural started setting about what went into Now, if you went out speaking something stupid out of your own mouth and shut the door, well, that's your own fault. But I'm telling you what, I know what God did. It can't, it can't, it can't not happen. Right? That's the way we have to be in every prayer that we're praying. I know the battle. I'm human too. I'm not supernatural in the sense that I get a break because I'm the preacher. I wish. I wish. You just got in the ministry and as soon as they gave you a certificate, then everything lined up and you didn't have to worry about anything. You know? But the truth of the matter is, I got to believe too, and I know that the enemy comes and sometimes says, Well, why didn't you not seeing this happen? You're not seeing that happen. You're not going to, you don't have any But I'm not going to listen to that. It doesn't do me any good. It never has manifested anything except fretting and worrying and high blood pressure and ulcers. It'll manifest that. Right? So we might as well just be sitting and relaxing with grace and saying, Lord, you're taking care of it. We've prayed, we believe, we, we believe, therefore we speak, so we're going on. Amen? And don't look back. Don't look back. And if there was ever a person that we can take inspiration from, it's Paul. Because that guy must have been a wreck in his body. So I'm not going to complain about my, you know, my foot might hurt or something like that anymore, thinking about gotten beaten with rods 39 times, and then plus the other things. Yeah. Yeah, plus the really bad stuff. I love that where it says deaths. <laughs> I mean, I, I know the one where he was stoned and they went out there and, I, and they said they gave him and they raised him up. I always believed that he, you know, they killed him and he rose him from the dead. But it says deaths more than one. 
How would you like to sit around and say, I've been killed so he can't kill me. He killed me and raised me from the dead. Killed so many times, can't even remember. <laughs> Talk about some bragging rights, man. It's not like, yeah, one time I prayed and I found a quarter. I was believing God for money. Found a quarter. No, I've been died. I died several times. Hello? I'll tell you one other th funny story and then we'll go. I'll never forget, as long as I live, one night here in this church, when it was turned around the other way, and we're sitting right over there, and we had a men's meeting. And so it started going around all the men. And the first person started, you know, gave a testimony. And then the second person gave another testimony. And it just was a little worse than that testimony about what God had delivered from him. And then it just got worse. And then it, you know, it just got worse. And it just got worse. And then it, you just couldn't believe it could, they could get any worse than the last testimony of what God had delivered somebody. And then it got worse. And so it got worse. And it just kept going. And finally it got to the last guy who was a visitor that night. And his testimony was, man, I tell you what, praise God. He said, I came here tonight, and I was feeling really down and guilty and thought my life was really a mess. But after listening to all y'all, I feel great. <laughs> he said, man, I'm on a good road. Ain't nothing happened to me. <laughs> so you've got to kind of look at things like that. No matter what your testimony is, okay, the grace of God's there to take you through it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's take it for offering tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this one guy, I mean, this is years and years ago. I don't even know what happened to these people, but he started telling the testimony about that he and his uh, girlfriend were determined that they were going uh, to kill themselves, but they, weren't gonna, they were planning on not both of them dying. And they were in a van, and they worked for a company that was up on a hill, and at the bottom of there was a curve, and there was a big oak tree. And they were going to cut the brake lines, and then they were going to come off the hill, and then they were going to dead center the tree, and then hopefully one of them would live, and then they could collect the insurance on the other one. This is their, where they were in life. So they take off down the hill, they do it. They cut the brake lines and they start heading down the hill in this van. They start picking up speed and getting faster and faster and faster. And the tree's coming, the tree's coming. And she starts to notice that he's leaning the vehicle towards her. And they get in a fight, jerking on the steering wheel, going down the deal, miss the tree, wreck the truck. Both of them end up in jail. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. But God delivered them, saved them, blessed them, healed them, got their lives together, had their marriage, still married. Last time I heard. Praise God. And that was one of the lesser ones. Put your hand on your offering. Father, I just declare tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God, that you or El Shaddai, our provider. You're the one that always takes care of all of us. You have more than enough. And according to Lord, Ephesians 3 and 20, I just declare tonight 
that, Lord, that you, have, you bless us with abundance so we can be abundant blessers, more than we've ever done before. Lord, to reach out into the world, to take things to the world, to reach, bless people all around us. Lord, I just praise you for it, and I thank you for it. And I just declare, Lord, right now in Jesus' name, that your hand is upon every person. Their businesses are blessed. Their finances are blessed. Their, their, their everything that they touch is blessed because you said everything our hands touch prospers. And so, Lord, we praise you for it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Link's in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you, and if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you, and remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.